the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park, W262CP Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Many religious, church-going people today have the same problem with Paul's message. Not Paul's message, God's message. Everything they've ever been taught about being right with God cries out against the message that salvation is by grace through faith and that their works won't get you to heaven. It's by simple trust in Christ's death that a man or woman is saved. And there are a lot of church people who just can't handle that. When a soldier receives the Congressional Medal of Honor, who is the one getting the honor? It's an obvious question, isn't it? Clearly, the soldier is having one of the proudest moments of his or her life as everyone applauds the soldier for earning the medal. We have a tendency to think that we need to do something to deserve the gift of eternal life. In the book of Revelation, John described the heavenly celebration in which everyone will be praising Jesus. If we worked our way to heaven rather than receiving entrance as a priceless gift, that glory would be misplaced. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. It's a Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today on Verse by Verse, we will consider the chief purpose of salvation. I'll give you a hint. It's not to glorify you or me. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is about to begin his final message in this series of studies from the first three chapters of Romans. The gospel is profoundly simple. If that sounds like a contradiction in terms, then I've made my point. Most people stumble over the simplicity of the gospel because it expresses a truth that is exactly the opposite of what we would naturally expect. Let's get ready now by opening our Bibles to Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Romans chapter 3. And we are going to be looking at verses 21, or 27 rather, through 31. Where then is boasting, Paul says, it is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. If indeed God is one, and he will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be, or a thousand times no. On the contrary, we establish the law. Have you ever had the experience of presenting the gospel of God's grace to someone and only to have them challenge the very heart and very essence 
of the gospel. Not a little point, but the major thrust of it, which is the fact that we're saved only by grace through faith in Jesus, apart from any of our works. That is the heart of the message, that it's only by grace through faith. Now, if you have, then you've heard the common objections to the doctrine of grace through faith. Someone will say, it's too simple. It's just too simple. There's got to be something I can do. It's too simple to say, just believe. Or someone else will say, well, my upbringing won't allow me to believe this. I can't accept it. My religion teaches that I've got to earn my salvation. Someone else will say, I think I'm good enough to make it to heaven on my own. Why do I just have to believe? I'll, I'll take my chances. My good will outweigh my bad. Another will say, I don't need to believe. God would never send me or anyone else to hell. Still others would say, I think it's a combination of works and faith. I, I'll do my part and God does his. Yes, you can, you can believe, but you've also got to work at it to, to make sure that you make it to heaven. These are the common objections that people have when we present the truth that our salvation, the method that, by which God saves a person, is only through faith. It is by the grace of God through faith and faith alone. Just as today you and I encounter objections and challenges to the gospel of grace, so in the first century the Apostle Paul and the other apostles encountered them too. In Romans chapters 1 through 3, we've seen that Paul has explained the gospel as clearly and as completely and as concisely as anywhere in the Word of God. It is the most uh, precise explanation of what the gospel really is. He has shown that all mankind, both Jewish people and Gentile people, have a need for righteousness, have a need for salvation. Why? Because we're all unrighteous. We're all sinners. We're condemned. We're under the wrath of God. If we don't sin outwardly, we sin inwardly. And he's also shown that God has provided righteousness for us as a gift, as a free gift. The Lord Jesus Christ has died for our sins, all of our sins, and he has provided righteousness for us. And we've seen the last two weeks five truths that the Apostle Paul has unfolded about this righteousness that God has provided. He said in verse 21 that it is apart from works, but now apart from the law the righteousness of God has been manifested. It is apart from, from the law of God. It's apart from works. Secondly, we saw it is attested to in the Old Testament scriptures. It's not something Paul invented. It's not some, some new doctrine. It has always been God's method that he saves people by believing, by faith. The end of verse 21, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law speaks to, uh, of it. The prophets speak of it. Every time an Old Testament animal was sacrificed, that witness to the fact that it has always been salvation by grace through faith. It has never been by the works of the law. It has always been by a person recognizing that they are sinners and have a need for salvation. We also saw the third truth, that it is available by faith. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, in Jesus the Messiah, it is available by faith. And what is faith? Trusting. That's, that's what it is. It is trusting. 
It is resting upon what he has done for us on the cross. He has paid for our sins. That's all faith means. It is trust. You trust things all the time. You trust signs. You trust the word of, of a friend. You trust the word of, of relatives. You trust all kinds of things. You, you are trusting the pews that you are sitting in now that they'll support you. We trust. It is simply taking God at his word and trusting that our sins are paid for. But who's it for? We saw that it is accessible to all. Verse 22 says that it's through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. It's for all those who would trust. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, it's accessible to all because all need it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and it is accessible to all. And finally, we saw last week that it is accomplished through redemption. This is, what, this is the theology of it. This is why God can, can justify someone, why God can declare sinners as righteous in his sight. Why? Because verse 24 says, being justified as a gift, being declared righteous as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. The redemption is that he died to pay for our sins. And having paid for it, verse 25 says, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. What is propitiation? It means God is satisfied the death of Christ satisfied the holiness and justice of God. Therefore, God looks at Christ's death and says, I'm satisfied. My wrath is turned away. And when a person accepts that God is satisfied with the death of Christ and they're satisfied too, they rest in Christ's death for them on the cross. The Bible says God declares us righteous. So it is accomplished through redemption. Now, this is Paul's presentation of the gospel. Clear, concise, logical, to the point. But Paul knows, Paul's no dummy, Paul knows that there are some questions that are going to arise in the minds of those who are hearing his letter, especially his Jewish readers. I, I imagine that the church at Rome was gathered in someone's house and they were all uh, listening as, as one of the pastors read the letter from Paul and they were listening attentively and there were probably some, some even some unbelievers there who kind of maybe associated with the church or, or weren't sure of where they stood with the gospel. And they're listening to this, Jews and Gentiles gathered around, perhaps it was a living room, and they're listening to this and Paul is dealing with the law that it won't save you. And they're attuned to that. You see, they had been raised all their lives believing that they had an in with God. That they had an in. They were on the team. That they were better than the Gentiles. That they could get to heaven by their good works. The Gentiles were despised. They did abominable acts. They were involved in immorality. But the Jew, not him, he thought he could get to heaven by observing the Old Testament laws and the ceremonies and the, and the commandments. And then Paul presents that salvation is, is not by the law, it's by faith. And that presented a problem to them. That went against the grain, against everything they had been taught. But they aren't alone. They aren't alone because it's a 20th century problem. Because many religious, church-going people today have the same problem with Paul's message. Not Paul's message, God's message. Everything they've ever been taught about being right with God, cries out against a message that salvation is by grace through faith and that their works won't get you to heaven. It's by simple trust in Christ's death that a man or woman is saved. And there are a lot of church people who just can't handle that. And what, what should you do? What should I do when we encounter objections of this nature? 
How do we handle challenges to, to the very essence and heart of the gospel, that, which is that God's method is to save a person by faith and faith alone? We do exactly what Paul did. You meet those objections, you meet those challenges, but in a special way. You know what Paul did? As I've studied Paul's response to man's challenge, I've discovered that Paul did something very interesting. He didn't just show them the reasonableness of believing that this is the way it is, that salvation is by grace through faith, but he shows that God's plan of salvation brings God glory. Not only is it theologically correct, it is the only plan by which God could receive glory. See, it's not just that salvation meets man's need. Primarily, salvation is the way it is because it brings God honor and glory. And what is glory? What do we mean when we say we glorify God? Basically, it means to show God off. It honors him by showing his majestic splendor. By showing off God, you see, we're so wrapped up in salvation uh, from a selfish standpoint, in the sense of what does it mean to me, and, and, and how can I be blessed by it, and how can I appreciate it more. But from God's perspective, salvation chiefly is to bring him glory. In fact, as one studies the Bible, the more obvious it becomes that the chief purpose of salvation is to bring God glory and show him off. For instance, if you're taking notes, you can jot down these verses. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says this, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Verse 12 of the same chapter, to the end that we were the first to hope in Christ, we should be to the praise of his glory. Many churches have begun to slip into the it's all about me mode that permeates the thinking of this whole world. But Paul emphasized again and again throughout his writings that our purpose in life is to bring glory to God and that God's acts are meant to bring glory to himself. Even the cross, especially the cross, in fact, we ought to glorify God just as much for who he is as for what he has done. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Hi, this is Steve Kreloff. I wanted to take a few moments today to tell you how pleased I am that you're listening to Verse by Verse. Our goal here at Verse by Verse is to teach people the Word of God so that they'll be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and glorify God. I hope that you've been learning and growing in your faith as you've listened to our broadcasts. As a faithful listener to these broadcasts, I feel you should know that Verse by Verse needs your financial support. It's costly to prepare and broadcast these programs, and we can only continue to do so if our listeners support this ministry. So I would ask you to please consider giving a gift as a way of saying thank you to the Lord for providing this program to help you in your Christian walk. All gifts to Verse by Verse are tax-deductible. You can give via PayPal on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can send your gift to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, and may our Lord richly bless and strengthen you as you listen to him speak, verse by verse. Did you keep your place in Ephesians chapter 1? Well, let's move on now to verse 14. 
Verse 14, same chapter, who is given as a pledge, speaking of the Holy Spirit, of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. You read chapter 1 of Ephesians and you get the idea that God is saying salvation is to bring me glory, to bring me praise. You turn to Ephesians 3, chapter 8, uh, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, and, and Paul says, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. In other words, he's saying the mystery that, that the body of Christ is made up of Jew and Gentile into one new man called the new man is a mystery. It was never preached in the Old Testament. And it's new, but he goes on to say, in order, this is why God has done it this way. In order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. You know what that means? That means this. Paul says, when angels look upon the church and they see people who hated each other and despised each other in the past, the Gentiles and the Jew, now worshiping together and being part of the same family and being saved and being redeemed, the angels are in awe of God's manifold wisdom. The angels don't enter, enter into salvation, but they glorify God by, by seeing what God has done and nobody else could pull it off. Not only that, but Romans 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5 says, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship, Paul says, to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. Why? Now here's that phrase, for his name's sake. You know why Paul preached? You know why salvation was offered to the Gentiles? For Christ's name's sake, to bring him glory and honor. And we saw last week, that our salvation declares the righteousness of God. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. He's speaking about propitiation and says this was to demonstrate his righteousness. God put Christ on the cross to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. What is he saying? He's saying, look, God saved men and women in the past, and he did deal with his sin. There was a stain against God's name in the universe, and the stain was this. Look, God, you justified Abraham, Moses, David, Jacob, and all the Old Testament saints, but you didn't punish their sin. You didn't deal with it, so you're not just. You just speak about holiness, but you're not holy yourself. It's immoral for you to take them to, to heaven without dealing with their sin. For thousands of years, God's name was slandered. People wondered how could he do it until the Bible says Jesus Christ died on the cross. And that was God's public demonstration and declaration to all that he is a just God and he has dealt with Abraham's sin and Moses' sin and, and Jacob's sin and all the Old Testament saints' sin. He punished that sin in the person of his son. So you see, salvation brings God glory. Righteousness for his name's sake, the wisdom of God, all of it brings God glory. See, our salvation is more than something that meets our needs. It's more than something that assures me of heaven. It is the only way by which God could be glorified. A work salvation could never glorify God, and that's what we're going to see this morning. Because from verses 27 through 31, as Paul ends this chapter, he gives three more ways that the message of salvation by grace through faith glorifies God. 
And I trust that as you hear this, you will not only be uh, confirmed that, that this is the correct theology, that this is the only way it could be, but that your salvation primarily is to give God glory all the days of your life. And even when you die, it's just one more person added to the hallelujah chorus. That's the perspective that we're to have. Salvation is primarily for the Lord and not our sake. So let's see how it gives God glory. Three ways. Number one, it eliminates boasting. Eliminates boasting. Look at the beginning of verse 27. Where then is boasting? Paul says it is excluded. Let's stop there. Paul said he asked a question. He knows what's going on in his readers' minds. His readers are saying, Paul, what are you doing to the law? How can you say that we're not saved by the law? How can you say that we're not saved by, by the Ten Commandments and the other laws? How can you say that? And Paul says, where's boasting? Where, where then is boasting? It's excluded. What's he saying? When a person receives righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ as a gift from God, there is no room for boasting. Absolutely no room. How can you boast about something you didn't work for? You can't. How can you boast about a gift you didn't deserve? You can't pat yourself on the back and say, I'm going to make it into heaven. There, there are no uh, peacocks in heaven who are kind of strutting forth their feathers. Throughout the New Testament, God tells us that there's no room for pride when it comes to our salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is what? The gift of God. You know why? Not as a result of works that no one should boast. Salvation is the way it is that nobody should boast. I'd like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. The Corinthians had a real problem with pride. They had a real problem with a lot of things, quite frankly, but the, the, the bottom line problem that they had the source of their problems were, were pride and arrogance. And that led to a lot of problems and difficulties in the church. And immediately as Paul starts his letter to the Corinthians, he wants to tell them where their boasting should be, not in themselves. He says in verse 26, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Now that will immediately bring you humility if you receive that. God says to you, you're not wise, you're not noble, you're foolish. God said there's a whole church full of foolish people here. That's what he's saying. And the base things, not only you're foolish, you're base, you're low. And the despised things, I can imagine the Corinthians saying, cool it, Paul. You don't have to, you know, I'm humble enough. God has chosen the things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are, that no man should boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. You didn't get there by your own. By his doing, you're in Christ Jesus, who has become to us wisdom from God. Why? Because you don't have wisdom in yourself. And righteousness from God. Why? Because you don't have righteousness in and of yourself. And sanctification, redemption. Why? Because you're lacking those things. Christ has become everything you need. And just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. And Paul is saying, in, in essence, if you're going to boast, then boast in the Lord, because that's all you have to boast about. We do not boast in ourselves. Anyone who boasts in himself isn't on his way to heaven. He doesn't understand what salvation is. Romans chapter 4, verse 2, speaking about Abraham. For, Abraham. for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Why? Because Abraham wasn't justified by works. That's Paul's point. 
But if you could get to heaven by doing good works, then that's going to make you a braggart, a boaster, someone who's proud. When Paul says in chapter 3, verse 27, where is boasting? He says it is excluded. You know what excluded means? It means to shut something out. In other words, justification by faith shuts out any boasting on our part. It sweeps it right out the out of the house and slams the door shut behind it. No room for it. It just sweeps it right out and slams the door shut. It shuts it out. By what principle has boasting been banished? Look at the rest of verse 27. Paul says, by what kind of law? And when he says law in, that, in this verse, he means principle. By what principle has it been banished? Of works? Has it been banished by? It can't be by the principle of works. Why not? Because a works type of salvation would open the doors to boasting. Wide open. Have you ever thought about what heaven would be like if we could work our way in? It wouldn't be any different than this earth, would it? Pride would still dominate just as it does now, just as it did when Satan rebelled and God evicted him from heaven. Pride is the root of sin, so there's no way God will let that into heaven. Pastor Steve will flesh out that concept when we meet again for the next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving for more than 26 years. We at Verse by Verse Ministries are pleased to be able to present his messages in radio format. We are a faith ministry made possible by the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. Today's class was the start of a three-part message. You can order a CD or cassette with the full message by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. To find us on the web, point your browser to versebyverseradio.org. We have audio files of today's and many previous lessons. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.